right, everybody, welcome again, one and all, to another episode of Fire Builders Live. My name is Josh Corporal, and like always, I'm streaming live from Key West, Florida, from the porch. Today, very, very special guest, Delora Guignon, on the show. Delora, welcome to Fire Builders Live. Thank you. Hi. Yes, I'm so glad that we could make this happen. Uh, really excited for this topic. I think a lot of people that are listening and possibly watching right now are going to get a ton out of this talk. So I can't wait to talk to you about this. Before we do, let me just tell everybody a little bit about what it is that we're doing. What kind of crazy circus are we running here on Fire Builders Live? What we do is we bring these amazing guests like Delora onto the show and we take these big topics and we break them down into simpler steps, small steps, things that you can do every day consistently to improve, right? Today is no different. Today is actually like we've never had a guest talk about what we are about to talk about today. That's why I'm so excited for this, right? And everybody feels that today it's all about essentially sexual power, right? It might be a little taboo to say that. I don't think I've ever said sex on a Facebook Live yet. This is the first time, so, right? But everybody on, you know, everybody kind of in the personal development space talks about mindset, right? But according to Delora, it is really about mind sex. Once a, you know, having a six-figure cushy sort of corporate role, she escaped and diversified her gift of what I, I personally call a systemic empathy, right? And that to me is the ability to be empathetic to how people are feeling, but also to like reverse engineer how they got there through cause and effect, right? She is the creator of the mindsexmentor.com, right? High performance coach for both men and women helping, you know, figure out like the shame, the guilt, any sabotage around sex, money, and power. And we are going to talk about it in three areas of life, primarily in the bedroom, in your business life, and in your personal life. And because of that, you know, what we want to get out of this talk is that the understanding that tapping into that sexual, physical, you know, energy can really open up communication. It can raise your confidence. It can give you the drive to really conquer your goals, right? Increase your bottom line. The honestly, the possibilities are endless. I am so excited to have you on the show. Laura, welcome again to Fire Builders Live. Well, thank you. Um, I'm excited to be here. I love talking about this and, you know, uh, talk about build a fire. We're going to do it. <laughs> we are going to do it in more ways than one. That's it's going to be so good. Well, I, I think it's fascinating, like how you actually well, evolved into this. Um, so first, where are you in the world? And what's, what's a typical day like in Delora's life? <laughs> well, I'm in just outside of Ottawa, Canada, which is the capital of the country. And uh, we have a little bit of snow, not much yet this year. We had a huge rainstorm yesterday, but uh, certainly not Florida weather. <laughs> yeah, no, not too much. I dread snow now. Yeah. That's why I escaped. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I mean, I, I this year I finally have a snow snow removal service. Um, I treated Ooh. myself this year. Yeah, excited about it. So I'm okay with the snow this year, but I haven't been for a number of years. And that, I can't wear winter coats and boots, and I'm still yeah. wearing slides when I go outside. It's so yeah, it's crazy. It's so hard, like just doing anything, moving from point A to point B. It yeah. just requires so much. Yeah, I'd much rather just throw on a pair of flip flops, maybe a shirt. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm, um, you know, I'm a mom to four kids. Three of them still live with me. Um, a hockey mom. So, um, you know, he's pretty active in his hockey and, um, you know, when I'm not doing this, I'm doing mom stuff. So it's pretty exciting. Is that, I mean, Ottawa huge for hockey. I mean, hockey's like life. Are they lifers for hockey? You think? Oh yeah, for sure. He's, um, you know, 15 and playing uh, a level above what he, um, age wise should be playing, uh, and like killing it, like him and his friends, there's nine of them this year, which is the first year ever nine from the same region got recruited at, at 15. Um, and they just love it. And they have like, you know, it's so beautiful talking about mindset. They have such a beautiful mindset. They have fun. They're serious. They're self-motivated. They come out of practice cause they can't play games right now because of the pandemic. Um, but they come out of practice every day, excited about what they just did. And last night was a really particular hard workout after the practice mm-hmm. in the gym and um they came out like oh my god that was like the hardest workout this year but excited that they had that you know it's beautiful I yeah it. it's like it's not it's not hard and and difficult and it brings you down it actually like yeah. electrifies you because you know that you're like being yeah. drawn towards some larger goal that's you know that transcends how you feel that day or how you feel yeah. that week or that month yeah exactly yeah. yeah, and say he's like my mindset coach himself, right? <laughs> and he just gets it. Yeah, I dig it. Well, then, so what was the job that you had before you became the mindset mentor? So I was in corporate. So I was, um, I think when I left, I was maybe a manager or I was acting director for a while in in government, actually. And um, so I helped run programs, and I helped, you know. Uh, project manage different things. And it was a really great job until I started to plateau at the top level that I could. So I went back and got my master's degree. And when I did that, I did a values-based program. It was a um, master's in organizational leadership. But I realized that I was really not in touch with my values. I wasn't living the way I wanted to live. And I kept being told that you care too much, stop caring. And you know, I was like, what? Like I used to take it on as it was something wrong with me, but it was actually, uh, you know, as part of my master's program, coaching was part of it. And when I started to do that as as part of the the program, I was like, well, this is it. You know, I'm I'm here to care, and this is how I'm supposed to care. Yeah. Um, so once I uh, caught on to that, and then I just couldn't, you know, sustain both, and it was, and I had to pep talk myself into going into work, even though I worked with some amazing people, but it wasn't about the people. It was about the work. Yeah. I mean, I know there's, there's a ton of people listening right now that actually feel the exact same way, you know? And, uh, but how did you, how did you make the connection? Was it always, did you always have the connection with the sex part, like the sexual energy part? Well, that's, you know, funny when I told my friends that I was going to be a coach, they're going to be like, they were like, you know, you're going to be a sex coach, right? And I said, No, I'm not. I don't want to help people with the mechanics of sex necessarily, even though I can. And I was always the one that they would come and talk to about that kind of stuff. It was more I wanted to know the why. Why do you care about sex? Why do you not care about sex? But then when I started my business, it was actually mindset for business owners. And I didn't talk about the sex, but every client would say, you know, I know we're talking about business, but 
can I just say right now, um, can I tell you what happened last night in the bedroom? And then as they would tell me those things, because they felt very comfortable, I started to piece together the blocks in the bedroom and the blocks in their business around making money. And then, you know, probably a year into it, I read Think and Grow Rich finally from front to back. And there was a chapter called The Law of Sexual Transmutation. And I was like, oh, bingo, this is what I've been doing just in a, you know, deeper level and uh, mind sex. Well, I had, I had some friends observe me take somebody through a conversation that identified for him why he was having problems in the bedroom and as a boss at work. And um, when they witnessed that afterwards, they're like, holy cow, that was powerful. You have to do this. And I said, well, this is, you just witnessed my work. And I was kind of like a little bit um, getting a little, I felt it a little blah calling myself a mindset coach. I'm like, it is that, but it's not like, it's really important. The sex energy part comes out. And one of the women that had witnessed it said, Oh my God, it's mind sex, not mindset. So that's how that came about. And you're like, yes, that is it. it. That's the connection. I, uh, no, that that's fascinating. Well, okay. So first of all, if you guys are here and you're listening, uh, shoot us a comment and let us know because I, I want this to be a really, actually, really super engaged conversation. I think that this is so good. Secondly, if you have not read Think and Grow Rich, the law of sexual transmutation is essentially taking the physical energy that you feel and and changing it, to, like transferring it into something else. Is that how you see it? Yeah, so that is the initial part of it. So um to take it a step back, your sexual energy is your most powerful physical energy. And it's also your creative energy and your charismatic energy. And if you're in business, you have to be charismatic. That's how you get people to trust you and buy into what you're selling. If you're uh, in business, you need creative ideas, you have to, you know, put out your marketing, you have to like, you know, turn clients on to what you're selling. So what are the, you know, whatever that is, it's also the more life energy, which means like, you know, more experiences, more ideas, more creativity, more expansion. And because of that, it is probably one of the most powerful things that you have to have control of. And a lot of people have that suppressed and blocked because of the sex side of it, which is still important, but it's not the only thing about that energy. So, um, so when you read Think and Grow Rich, I mean, it was written way back in 1902, 1920. Yep. Which, by the way, Think yeah. and Grow Rich. Yeah. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Um, but when he wrote it then, if he had put it in the way it was really intended, he would have been put in the porn section. Right. But the fact right. that way back then, a whole chapter was devoted to this tells you how important it is. Um, but it goes, you know, now we know that it's a little bit more than how he wrote it. It's not just about suppressing it, although that's what it sounds like in the book. It's about fully understanding it and owning it, whether you have to be someone that suppresses it or fully express it in a different way, depending. Well, with the people that you work with, do they, if they're doing either of those things, like working with it or suppressing it, does everybody, do you find that they just have varying levels of sexual energy and you just do you find more of it or do you think it's one of those things where you're just inherently given like, you know, a level and that's it. And you either just ignore it or you really tap into it. Uh, It is a bottomless energy. There's no end to it, but depending on how you were raised, because money and sex are the two most desired things, but they're also the two most shame things. So depending on how it was treated in your household, you have different levels of it being, of your awareness of it or and also your expression of it so it really just varies but it is bottomless it it can be as much as you want it to be it's just how 
you know, free are you with it? And does it own you or do you own it? So the Mm. people that are like, I work with, you know, clients who've been addicted to porn, for example, or addicted to sexting and stuff. But that was the symptom. And they were using that instead of you know being able to channel it into creativity, but they were also setting up a sabotage, which is the other thing that happens. And it's, you know, a sabotage in the most dramatic way, because if you're caught doing these things, especially as a married, this particular person was a married man, his wife knew about it, but he just found himself always driven to that because he building Oh, so Delora, hold on. Can you say? Yeah. Can you say what yeah. you just said? Because uh, you just froze slightly, yeah. didn't catch the last part. Uh, so you, um, when you are in a situation where it controls you, you would do things to set up a sabotage because you have learned that you can't have everything. You can't have a perfect life or like a perfect wife, marriage, relationship, whatever. You can't have, you know, perfect sex life. You can't have a running business. Now, not everyone has those patterns, but that was what his was. He, when his dad started to make a lot of money in his business, he started to waste a whole bunch of money, pick fights with his um, stepmom. And it was a huge thing. So his little subconscious mind learned that you, if you have all of those things, it's going to go bad. So he was setting up a future sabotage so that would happen um, so that he couldn't have happiness in all those areas or he couldn't use that energy as creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, and people do the same thing with their sexual life as well. Like, so for instance, all of the porn and, you know, sexting and things like that, it's, it's, it's short-term gratification, but really it's sabotaging like the long-term like sexual fulfillment. Right. And it can be either or. So some people um, do it to extreme or do it as, you know, uh, they get addicted to swiping on Tinder, for example, or, you know, it feels really good to be desired and wanted by the random person on the other end of the text, but you're not actually getting any kind of fulfillment. The other thing is that masturbation and, and porn feels really good and it's exciting, but then are you truly satisfied or are you just like scratching itch kind of thing? So the same thing is when you're in sales, are you just making a quick sale that feels good to alleviate pressure in the moment? Or are you building something that's going to be long-term sustainable and that you can, you know, grow and expand how you want to, you know, it, it shows up kind of almost parallel. Some people yeah. are the complete opposite. And in that case, we just use the strong area to support the other, but a lot of times it's parallel. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Like, because, because if it really is that sort of that short term gratification, and sort of, you know, like, you're, you're just, you're just looking so sort of tunnel focused with that. Yeah, that um, I would imagine that people in the backs of their minds sort of know that in just a little bit of a way, even if it's not conscious, but subconsciously, they know that and maybe they feel a little bad about it. You know, they feel like they shouldn't be doing it. Is that where the majority of the kind of shame and guilt you think comes from? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it really depends. It can just be a story that you're telling yourself, right? Um, you know, a lot of women have never been told that they can enjoy sex in a marriage. So they have great sex before they're married. And then as soon as they're married, they have to be the perfect housewife and mom, which means that they never have great sex again. And um, so all orgasms get suppressed, all pleasure. You're done. Yeah. Forget it. You know, and 
um, the same thing in your business. You can't enjoy business. You have to work really hard. You have to, you know, you always have to be pushing, pushing, pushing. Well, pleasure is like receiving is as important as giving. And that is the same for business, you know, give free content, but also receive payment once in a while too. You know, it yeah. has to be this mix that works. Now it's not 50, 50 and, you know, sometimes it's 70, 30 and whatever, but you have to really recognize where are you on the scale and how is it you can move forward in, in the various ways. Um, but the shame and guilt, I mean, it's so powerful, but you know, if you've the same thing, like if we talk about it from the creative energy perspective if you um you've heard of artists that you know lock themselves away and like they're or they have a muse and the muse goes away they've lost all inspiration right Uh, or they you know they're in the studio and they just keep going with the flow and they just keep writing and writing and um but as soon as they break it if they even shower or whatever then the magic is broken well that creative energy is owning them in that case they can't tap into it when they want to and so we help in that case, then we just help identify why that is, because it's it can be a tap that you turn on and off. And that's the really beautiful thing about this energy is just you have to know that. Am I blocking it? Do I believe I can have it as a steady flow? Is it shameful to be that way? You know, do I believe that if I am expressed, I'm going to be exposed in some way that's bad? You know, there's so many subtle stories that that show up. That's well, do you find that most people just block it straight up? Like there's a lot of blocking um, and sometimes it shows up um, as censorship, right? They censor what they're going to say. Like, I really want to be able to be provocative in what I write, but if I say that I might hurt somebody's feelings. And what it boils down to is understanding and building your own self-worth. And most people don't have that built in. And so they worry about, things that may never happen, or they worry about, you know, the approval of other people, when in reality, you know, you have to go and express yourself the way that is important and true for you. Now, you also have to identify what is that truth, because sometimes people are just provocative to be provocative, and to get that instant gratification of the slap back or the, you know, like the, oh, yeah, that's so true. But really, you're still left empty, because that's, you know, Facebook likes, or that's people agreeing with something that you don't actually believe for yourself anyway. Yeah. So you have to really know what is that truth for yourself. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, so let's see. Interesting because let me, all right, so let me pull this up because Perian says I'm in the financial world and have been for 34 years before my dad, daddy said that he was proud of me because I have perfected uh, tearing apart an engine and never broke a nail which I assume essentially means that, that, you know, that you, you can, you can achieve pretty amazing things without harming yourself, you know? And maybe, maybe it's a sense that, that sometimes people end up like fearing the success, fearing that future failure because it's a self-protective mechanism. It's like, and then whether or not that's sexual energy or just, we're trying to control the situation in business, whatever it ends up being. But, uh, but it's important to realize that, that you know, you're not in any danger for the most part, right. even though your brain tells you that you are. Absolutely. Well, fear is a really basic, primal, um, built-in mechanism. But since we don't run away from saber-toothed tigers anymore, 
you know, fear has transmuted, like it's transmuted to being fearful of anything that's new. Now your subconscious mind does a beautiful, fantastic job of, you know, it breathes for you every day. You don't have to relearn how to do that. You don't have to learn how to walk up and down the stairs every day because your subconscious mind has taken care of those things for you. Now I'm boiling it down to the basics. It's not just your subconscious mind, but you get it. Sure. But then also it will also take care of how you react to things and your feelings about things and your response to things. But if you don't identify that, you may be responding to something that's not real or true for you anyway. And anything outside of your known patterns and programs, which all were created, most of them were created from zero to seven, seven to 11. Um, your beliefs around money, your beliefs around sex, creativity, how you show up in the world, how you make money, what sales are. All of those things were already put into you because you're, you don't have a conscious brain to filter it out when you're, you know, at that age. And so it's just like, you just get filled up, you know, with all of this information. Yeah. And until you start paying attention to those things, what happens is it, you will have automatic responses to things. And what you, instead of reacting, we want to get you to a place where you observe and then respond. And then you can decide, actually, I don't believe that. That is somebody else's belief that I just picked up. And it doesn't make your parents or anybody else wrong. It's just they were doing the best that they could, and you interpreted it in that way. Yeah. Four kids and two are twins, and they both have different reactions to things, even though they were raised in the same house and shared a room for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, they still come to the table with their own interpretation of what is being presented. Well, that's the same thing for us. So it's about identifying what is the program, what is the pattern or the belief that's showing up right now. And then what is my truth? My truth is, is it's not hard to make money, even though that's what I used to believe. I don't have to work extremely hard to make money. That was a belief I had. I don't have to have way more education than is needed for what I'm doing. Like, you know, believe that you have to get a degree and whatever. I learn every single day. You can see all the books behind me. Um, but I had a belief that you had to have a certain degree or an education to really take off. No, that's not true. Some people need it. I mean, if you're a medical doctor, please, by all means, go get your degree. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not like, I, I'm so glad I did my master's degree. It was an amazing experience, but also I could also still coach and I could also do all of this other stuff. It's, you know, it just depends. What are those beliefs for yourself? Um, you know, in her comment that um, you can be really strong and pull things off and still, you know, be feminine and still, you know, maintain who you are and you can, you can have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that that's I think that that's so true. Uh, and uh, and and I'll say that basically as a clarification, he was proud of me for being such a feminine woman, but I was still able to work in such a masculine industry. So there you go. You know, you can you can find that balance. Yeah. Um, well, do you find? I mean, from a because because I would imagine that everybody gravitates towards the sexual energy because it is so taboo and it's like, Oh man, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it at all. But people are dying to talk about it or they're dying to, you know, to get it out, but they're constantly repressing that. And it creates all these conflicts in you. Yeah. Not to mention, not to mention just, just in a, in a communicative sense, right? Like when you're in a relationship and, and you're just not seeing eye to eye, like in the bedroom and, and that is spilling over to all of these other areas of your life where you could take charge if you're a guy or, I mean, maybe, maybe that's not your MO, like whatever it ends up being for you, but whatever that truth is for you, you could just nail it a hundred percent, but you yeah. don't kind of like pull back and you're more reserved. 
Yeah. What, I mean, yeah. What, what, as far as like, you know, what can people do if they start to feel that way? You know, what, um, what kinds of things can they start to focus on to re like to tap back into that endless supply of energy? Yeah. I mean, the one thing is, is to know that, that whatever you're experiencing is an experience and it can, you're a hundred percent responsible for your life and you have full um, choice and that a lot of, we haven't always believed that and coming to that belief is like the basics of everything. So you can choose to have a different experience than, you know, you could do, you know, like women that I've worked with that have never had an orgasm, for example, just because you never have doesn't mean it's not possible. If orgasms exist, then it's possible for you too. You you know, if people have made $10,000 a month and you've never made it before, it, you can too. And, uh, you know, for men who come and work with me that have erectile dysfunction, that's what you experienced in the past. Let's look at the causes for that. And how can we move forward in a way that really feels good to you? So that if one, if you do experience it, you don't have to accumulate more um, shame or guilt around it. Um, you don't have to buy into any blame that's being directed at you from your partner or, you know, you don't have to take on her emotions around it because a lot of times women will blame themselves or say it's not because of me and blah, blah, blah. You can separate yourself from the story you get to tell yourself. And mm -hmm. because of that experience, that allows you to get back into control. And then, you know, you can move forward in a really... Um, a powerful way and it's about understanding what is story and what is truth um now i have actually yeah i was gonna i was gonna say like because that's a perfect segue what i love to ask people on this show as we talk about you know not like se like separating yourself from the story right um i would imagine that if it's the story that you've told yourself for quite a long time it also might take a little bit longer to separate yourself from that it's not like you could just flip the switch but if it really is something that you can work on for you and your experience working with all of these people, what, what's their first step? How do you start um, down that path? Well, the very first thing I would say is get yourself a journal and write as much as you can down. If it's a question, if it's something you beat yourself up with, like do that as much as you can, because when it's in here, your subconscious mind and your ego, it's like the angel and the devil, they'll have the full on conversation and they'll decide things for you just based on your programs and your patterns. But when you put it on a piece of paper, then you can look at it a little more objectively if you don't have a coach. Um, but there's an exercise that I do with all of my clients. And this is probably one of the most powerful things that happens. So you just need a piece of paper, easy peasy, three columns, and in the three columns, it says the first one is business, the second yeah. one is personal, and the third one is sex. So what you do when you have the three columns is describe your business life in three to five words. That's it. Three to five words. Don't censor yourself. Don't judge yourself. Don't question what comes up. Just write them down. Um, in your personal life, three to five words you know, whatever they are and in the near sex life, you do the same thing, three to five words. And what we're doing is we're getting the truth out behind your subconscious mind without triggering it to be defensive. So when you look at it and you're not censoring yourself, you can throw this paper away. You don't have to show anybody or you can tag me and show me. It's fine too. <laughs> or you can tweet it like whatever yeah. you feel. more. Yeah, exactly. And yep. when you fill this out, what you'll start to see is, you know what? I have some areas that are really good. Like for example, I did it here. So in your business, for example, you might have written down exciting, happy, successful, personal life, solo, happy, productive, uh, in your sex life, solo, fulfilling, quick. 
So those all seem pretty positive. So what is the story you're telling yourself around them? Now, if you have one column, now typically what happens is I have a client that has one or two columns that are not good at all and one that is really powerful. And so in that case, with the powerful column, you look at it and say, why is that so powerful? And write down the answer to that. Why is this so powerful? So if it's because I feel excited, I feel motivated, I'm inspired, Okay, how can we use that motivation, that same inspiration in your business? How can we use that same motivation, inspiration in your bedroom? And the answers that come up are often really easy fixes, but they do, they see everything as, you know, my life is so terrible. But actually, if we break it down, you start to see, actually, my personal life is really pretty good. And like, I have a client that um, I worked with, her sex life was really strong. She felt respected, her needs were met, she felt really um, understood and fulfilled. But in her business and her personal life, they were all very similar. She didn't, people were not delivering on time. Um, she was paying, but not getting the results she wanted. People didn't respect her time. So clients wouldn't show up on time or she, in her personal life, she often had people um, asking for favors and getting her to do things. So her time wasn't respected. And I said, okay, so why is it that in the bedroom you are respected? Why does your husband know to do that? And she goes, well, I wouldn't accept anything else. He wouldn't have got to the bedroom if he didn't respect me. Well, then why do you allow people to disrespect you in your business? And like just seeing that breakdown like that, it's like a revelation. They're like, holy shoot. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. He would be kicked out of the bedroom. Well, then kick your client out or kick the contract contractor out that's not fulfilling their engagements. And in your personal life, are you setting the boundaries that you have in the bedroom? He doesn't you know, go over your limits because he knows what they are. Are they communicated in your personal life? Or are you allowing people to you know, take up your time because you haven't said no. And she's like, well, yeah, that's a really good point. So by seeing it broken down like that, it gives you the power to change it. Now, if all three columns are bad, which that happens sometimes too, don't beat yourself up. It's okay. Do this exercise again, the same three columns, you know, your business, your personal life and your sex life, but you are projecting three to six months from now and you've used my mind sex magic wand and you can have anything you want, really no limits. Then describe what your personal life, your business life, and your sex life would look like in three to six months, having used that magic wand and all the mindset tricks that I can give you. Which by that magic wand seems amazing. I, I know, right? Do right? you think I should have one? I really yeah. should have one. Um, and then when you have that, when you look at those three columns and you look at where you are currently, even if some of the words are repeated like good words, like if you have mm -hmm. one strong column, um, when you project forward, who do you need to be and what do you need to do to achieve them? And when you and like write down the questions, the answers to those. And when you answer those questions, then you're be, you're able to say, oh, I need someone that I, I need to be someone that has control of her calendar. I need to be someone who takes personal time for myself. I need, you know, obviously I need to I don't have to wait till I make money. I can go for a walk every day. Like there's so many stories we tell ourselves around it. But but by breaking it down like this, then you're able to see it a little more objectively and have key things that you can do to move forward. I love this. It's so good. I know. I, I love I, it. A question came up for me that I wonder if anybody, and you probably thought of this too, right? The woman that was really strong in the bedroom and said, yep. yo, my husband better, like, like I would never accept anything less, yeah. right? If they're married, mm -hmm. they, you know, she's not worried about him almost taking off. But you could, you could argue that for a client, that might be a, like a scenario. So what did you tell her if she, you know, if she would bring that up and say, look, I can't exercise the same, I don't know, like 
like authoritative black and white. This is what it is. This is what it isn't with clients. I have to sort of flex a little bit. I don't know. What would you say? Why do you have to flex? What you get to decide how you show up with your clients. You teach people how to treat you. And if you're, you know, allowing them to cancel at the last minute without any consequence, they're going to cancel at the last minute without consequence. Now, when somebody shows up in their full energy, though, people do not, it, it just, just doesn't happen, you know, and just, are you showing up on time for your appointments? Probably. Then why couldn't you expect them to do the same? It's really just, have you communicated what your truth and needs are? Mm-hmm. If you haven't, then why do you have an expectation? They don't know what it is. And have you, have you communicated what a consequence of not meeting those needs are? And if you have communicated the consequence, have you followed through with that? Cause it's nice to say, you know, like the parent who says, if you don't get off the, if you don't clean up your room, I'm going to take away your iPad and then you don't take it away. Well, they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, mom, shut up. Yeah, exactly. Now it's just an empty threat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the same thing is though, you teach people how to treat you. So you can keep telling yourself that story. Or you can look at what is the truth of it. I haven't communicated what my needs are. I'm not following through on the consequences. The results are probably going to be the same. If all three columns are bad and people take your advice and say, all right, what would I like to do in three to six months with the mind sex magic wand, which sounds incredible. I wish I could get that on Amazon, right? Uh, Where would you suggest that they start? Because they could choose one of those three columns to actually start. Is there one that you found is easier to sort of like start to manipulate than the other ones? Uh, it, that, again, really depends on the person. Like if you're really shut down around sex, don't start there. And it's not a big leap. If you just say, who do I need to be and what do I need to do? Your, your level, your subconscious mind hasn't been triggered, so you're not going to be defensive. But you're still going to respond within a certain comfort zone. So it's not going to be like... You know, I got to get on, book a million people and have sex on stage. Like, it's never going to be that dramatic. And, like, when I work with clients and I see it, I know that it's a smaller version of what's possible for them. So, like, for example, you know, they're they're not going to say a million dollars if they're at 5000 a month. It's just they may... Everybody wants to be a millionaire. Sure. Easy to say. But when they do this exercise, it's typically not so out of the realm. But I would say if you answer those questions, what do I need to do and who do I need to be? And you're, you're looking at it, you're going to find which column that you need to work on. But I would say that it all, they're all related. So if, for example, you know, one of the things is you want to have more fun. Well, how can you have more fun in your personal life? And even if you're a single person, you can have fun sing like on your own. And even if your sex life is um, on on your own now, you can still have fun solo. But have you thought about why you're not having fun solo? Like there's a lot of um, taboo that could be built up in that. So we have to look at that. So it's really, you know, who do I need to be? What do I need to do? And if, you know, a follow-up question could be, why can't I achieve that? And you'll whatever the answer is, write it down. But again, write it down because everything that you write down, then you can be objective. Well, yeah, I can achieve this. And if you don't believe it, well, you know, there's other things to look at. Why don't I believe this? Like you can just keep going with the question because your mind is designed to answer questions. It's just mm-hmm. what questions are you asking it? Yep. So ask better questions and you'll get better answers, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. So let's say that they do this and in three to six months, they, they wave the magic wand. Yep. Well, the follow-up question that I love to ask is what would happen if someone took your advice today, they started today, they got themselves a journal 
and they started writing down how they felt in these three columns. And they started questioning because a, a pattern that I'm seeing with what you're saying is that at that you're essentially questioning all of these preconceived notions that you have in your mind. But the first step to doing that is essentially like articulating what those preconceived notions are. Cause right now they're probably just floating around aimlessly in your mind without any real substance to them. So writing them down actually gives you an excuse to do that. Does that sound, does that sound right? Yeah. And your mind is, you know, in reactive mode. So these exercises are meant to get you in active mode. So for example, like I said before, your subconscious mind takes over breathing. 27,000 breaths we take a day. If you had to relearn to breathe every time, that's all you would do. That's be your only function. So I always use this example, go put on a pair of high heels for those who don't regularly wear them uh, or walk up and down the stairs the opposite direction. So if you walk up the stairs, you know, facing the stairwell, we'll walk up backwards. It will force your brain to be more active thinking. So you're going to be like, oh, I have to take a step back. I have to be careful of this. I should hold on to the rail. Whereas where you're walking up the stairs, if you have them in your house already, you don't even think about that. Not if you even. put your high heels on the same thing, you're like, oh, God, I got to be careful. Well, that's poor forcing your brain to do something it's always done, but in active thinking mode. So by starting to pay attention to your thoughts and your stories around this, we're forcing you from reactive thinking to active. So then you can catch yourself like, like I said, the money story, for example, if you know, money and sex are the two most desired things the two most shame things, but they're often talked about when we were kids as secrets, or there's certain beliefs, like if you have too much money, uh, if you have too much sex, there's labels for that, right? If you have not enough sex, if you're, oh, they're prude, they're frigid, uh, or if they have not enough money, they're lazy. Like all of this stuff exists, the top and the bottom. Yep. That is already pre-programmed inside of you. So if we start paying attention to what that is, if your money story, for example, is you have to work really hard. Well, then if money starts to come in easily because you're doing something you love, then you're going to sabotage it. You're going to be like, well, this is too easy. This can't be the way it is. And so you don't know that you're doing that necessarily, but by starting to pay attention to these programs, then you get to see the, the story that's associated or you're like, oh, that's somebody else's story. This is somebody else believes that you have to work hard for money all the time or, you know, whatever that happens to be. That's so good. No, you're right. Like, because it's, it's I'm glad that you mentioned that because we're kind of like coming full circle right? With those, with those stories and the fact that you, you know, you like, you really need to just unlearn what you've been learning, the story that you've been telling yourself all the time. Um, and, uh, and it, and it, you just got to chip away at it, just chip away at it little by little day by day consistently. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just know that your subconscious mind doesn't want you to change, right? Because change is dangerous. Change is the sub, the saber toothed tiger. So it's okay if you, if you can't transform overnight, it's not going to happen. That's why I love that you say consistently for 30 days. If you have done this exercise, the three column exercise and said who and what, and you show up as that who and what every day, you will see dramatic difference. I mean, I just did, um, I offered something which I rarely do is one-off sessions and I allowed people to get up to three sessions. And um, usually I work with my clients for a minimum of three months. And in doing that, I had clients like, just giving them a little tiny window of a different story or leaving a little space between what their story is and what their truth is, 
they had such incredible shifts. Like they made one client made, like, I think she's working on like $20,000 since we talked. I had another client that I worked with for months and months and we stopped or years actually. And then we stopped working together for a while and she was starting to get stagnate. And she's like, can we just do one call? Which I, I rarely offer. I got on the call with her in two and a half weeks. She made $42,000. Now she didn't change her business. She didn't change anything else, but it's because she had a secret sabotage that was going on. Now, because I'd worked with her, it was easy for me to get to it. And I just reminded her of the three columns, like, what is it that's not working? Where are you not showing up the way you want to? And what she was doing is she was stifling her creativity because she had hired some team members to help her and they wanted to do it a certain way. But she is like a natural, like she has a lot of charisma and she was stifling it to give them space, but both could exist. And she just wasn't allowing her charisma to still show up. As soon as she turned that on again, wow. And she's like, okay, wait a minute. I do love my business. I'm like, of course you do. It's just that when you don't get results or you're trying something new and it's not quite working, it's easy to get disillusioned and be like, oh, maybe it's my business. Maybe I don't want to do this anymore. 42,000 in two and a half weeks makes it a lot sweeter. <laughs> Damn straight it does. Yeah. No, but you're right. Like we forget who we are and we let the, we let the external circumstances sort of, sort of decide for us like Absolutely. how we feel. Absolutely. And um, there's a book uh, or a series, it's called Conversations with God with uh, Neil Donald Walsh, a really great series. And he says in the book, maybe it's in Course in Miracles. I don't remember which one it is, but if you Google it, I'm sure you'll find it. It's not about learning something new. It's about unlearning so that you can get to your truth. Like if you talk yeah. to a kid who hasn't like who's little and you just I like even even my son was 15. But even before, like I said, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be in the NHL. There was not a hesitation. Nobody had already told him he couldn't or that it was hard or that, you know, the, the chances are small. He just was always given. All right. If that's what you're going to do. What are the steps we need to take? Who do you need to be and what do you need to do? And, you know, he's making that a possibility for himself. Yeah. You know, if you didn't get that when you were a kid, it's okay. You just have to give it to yourself now. I, I've never heard it put that way where it's like everybody's trying to learn something new. Like, yes. you know, they're thinking that the skill is out there somewhere and they just have yet to acquire it. Yeah. And it might very well be true if you're designing things, you know, like structural engineering or something. Yeah. But for the most part, when it comes to personal development, I agree. We know objectively what we should do. It's just about getting us to do it. And a lot of times that means that you unlearn things that are stopping you. And, uh, well, exactly. And- like in mindset, sorry, I'll, I'll let you say. So in mindset, for example, I was doing this before I had read Think and Grow Rich and it, and it gave me a chapter to say what I was doing, you know, because that's what I'm here meant to do. I had to unlearn this idea that I, you know, had to work hard or that I couldn't care about people. I care very much and I can and make money from it. You know, I had to unlearn that or that I couldn't be a good writer. That's something else that I had yeah. believed for a long time. And now I have, I have a book published and another one almost done. But go no, ahead. It's, it's awesome. It's so awesome. It's like, it's like, hey, do you want to be a good writer? Right? Yeah. And then your mind immediately says, well, yeah, you've got to learn, Delora. You got to learn to be a good writer. But really what you should be telling yourself is you got to unlearn how to be a bad writer because, yeah. because good is subjective. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's subjective. And, yeah. and chances are you really don't need to know anything else than what you know now. Right. especially when it comes to writing because it's all about communication and the more yeah. genuine your communication, the better. I, uh, I think that's awesome. That's actually a really cool thought. 
that is going to stick with me. One thing I wanted to put, one way I unlearn thoughts I know I need to move on from is by telling them to get the hell out of my head out loud. I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that's a really great thing. I, I, when I was trying to leave my government job and do the business, I had this belief that I couldn't do it. Right. And every time it would come up, it was usually when I was driving because I was my, my subconscious mind was occupied with getting me home. How many, how many times have we driven somewhere and been like, how did we get here? You don't remember because it's an automatic thing. And so when I catch my thoughts, I would yell to override them and say, I can leave. I have a business or whatever it was that I needed to yell. And there would be people that would pull up the lights looking in the car to see who I was yelling at. I was there by myself. <laughs> but, you know, it's because I didn't want those thoughts there anymore. And the only way to reprogram your subconscious mind is constant spaced repetition, which is, you know, saying it over and over and over again. So, you know, affirmations work, but also speak in the present tense if you're going to do affirmations. But or sudden emotional trauma, which, you know, the expression, if you fall off a horse, get right back on, because if not, you'll always be scared of horses. Well, that's where that comes from. Because if you don't, you know, my my twins, the first week they each, each drove, they got in a little minor accident. I made them drive home from it because it was safe. The car was safe, but they were scared, you know, like so scared. But I was like, I didn't want them to have the experience that I'm scared driving. I'm always going to have an accident. So I need yeah. to right away reprogram that. But and then the other part, some people can use uh, hypnotism. I've I've heard mixed reviews, so I don't recommend that. But because those are the two ways to do it, then we don't want you to have a sudden emotional trauma. But you can do constant space repetition, which means that you control it. You have the power to do it. You know, now that I think about it, I got into this motorcycle accident uh, years and years ago when I was working as an engineer in New York. And... Um, it was bad. Like it was, wasn't bad, bad, like, but I definitely, it would have freaked me out had I not had to drive home from that accident because there was no other recourse, yeah. right? Like there's, there was no Geico or something to pick me up. Like, like the bike was in drivable condition and I had to get right back on and do it and then bring up a good point. Like, had I not, and just sort of step back and been like, whoa, I need to take some time to process this. Yeah. I could have had a fear fester and just get larger and larger and larger until finally I just sell the bike because I think that it's just unsafe. Right. And like, you know, sudden emotional trauma could even be you do your first sales call and or you put up your first post, let's just say, you know, on social media to support your business and somebody attacks you. If you take that on, that can be a sudden, that can be as big as your sudden emotional trauma needs to be. Then all of a sudden you believe that because you had an underlying belief that you were not good enough to be out there or you didn't know what you were talking about or whatever the story was, you finally did it and then somebody attacks you and you believe that that's a sudden emotional trauma for you, then you're, you're just not going to do it again unless you reprogram it. But if you catch it and say, wait a minute, that's just that person's you know, they're jealous or they're upset or it's about them. It's not about me. You know, when people are pointing fingers, there's one finger pointing out and three fingers pointing back. So if you believe that, then anytime you get it like pointed at, well, there's three fingers pointing back at them and they're just doing it out of their programmed beliefs around something. Yep. Well, if you can understand that when you're going to go do a sale or business or do something different, marketing, whatever it is, know that it's, you're going to be okay. And you can, experience it how you want to i mean that's the beautiful thing about this work is you don't need anything external to you everything is inside of you already now if you're like the example of writing a book 
Um, you may need to know the structure of how to write a book. So you get a course for that. That's what I did for my first romance when I wrote it. I was like, well, it's not the same as the business book I was writing. So let me do this. Well, he laid it right out. All I did was follow it. I still had to talk myself into writing an hour every day to get the chapter done. But then when I was done, and he says that often in the course that I took, he says, just write, just write, keep writing. It doesn't matter. Don't don't listen to the voice in your head, right? And then when I was done, I was like, actually, this is quite a good book, <laughs> right? So you sometimes you just have to work through it and identify when there's the chitter chatter or the negative voice or whatever it is, write it down again and, but still move forward. And then once you identify it and write it down, you can be a little more objective about it and say, well, actually those things are not true for me or that's somebody else's story or maybe it is true and I want something different. So I'm going to do something different. Yeah, exactly. But at least now, you know, you know, that one, you have to do something and two of look like a fairly reasonable direction on how to make it happen. You know, like, so, uh, so yeah, so this, honestly, this has been such a good talk. I'm so glad that you came on the show today. Tell everybody as we sort of wrap up, tell everybody where they can continue the conversation with you. Where do they find you? How do they get in touch with you? I'm sure there's people listening right now that are like, Oh man, this mindset mentor. Ooh, like I kind of like, so what do they, what do they do? Where do they find you? So my website is mindsexmentor.com. I'm on all social media with my name at Delora Guignol. So everywhere. And um, I have a Facebook group that is Mindsex Mastery. So if you uh, search that, you'll find it or find me on Facebook, Delora Guignol, and it'll lead you to all the other stuff. But yeah. I dig it. Do you have any uh, like projects coming up? Any cool stuff you want to talk about? Yeah, I have. Um, I'm doing um, Mindsex 69 group coaching because I love the number 69. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> uh, it's meant to be a little provocative. So it's um, it's a group pro- coaching program uh, that starts January 4th. And I'm really excited about it because a lot of people that want to work with me aren't ready for the commitment of one-on-one. Um, but this gives them the six life-changing um experiences of mind sex and then nine weeks of group coaching so accountability and coaching because sometimes you just need to you need somebody to say hey did you do what you said you were going to do last week um to push them along so that starts january 4th which i'm really excited about and up until then i'll be doing a free challenge to give people a flavor of what that's going to be like so i dig it i dig it that's awesome that's so good uh you got people let me pull up this has been Super inspiring for folks. I'm glad to hear that, Sterling. Perian actually loves your name. Thank you, Perian. <laughs> I like yours too. Right? Steven is like, Steven, Steven's in the engineering. I know Steven. He's in the engineering world too. So he knows a lot about that, like uh, the stuff that I was telling you about. And, the, and I'll tell you, like, this for me has been an amazing conversation. I awesome. learned so much from you and we've just spoken for 50 friggin' minutes. I know. Awesome. I know. I love it. I love it's it. It's awesome. Thank you. This is, this is great. Uh, well, as we wrap up, right. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you're a busy woman, so I truly, truly appreciate it. Do you have any parting tips for folks that you'd like something that you'd like to leave them with before we go? Uh, yeah. If you desire it, it's possible for you. It doesn't matter what, what anyone told you, I promise you, you wouldn't have the desire to do it if it wasn't possible. Um, and it's all within you already. You might need to have some little accessories to go with it, but like my magic wand, but you can actually absolutely have it. There you go. You heard it here first. So Laura, thank you again. This has been so awesome.
Thank you. All right. Well, guys, this is Josh Delora. Elvis is roaming around here somewhere uh, who's been fairly quiet the last uh, couple of shows. Um, I think he's starting to respect our space. Um, but this is, uh, this is us signing off for another episode of Fire Builders Live. Just as a reminder, we stream live Monday through Saturday. So catch us for another episode. And again, Delora, thank you for your time. You're welcome. All right. We will see you guys later. Have a great day. Adios.